Welcome to this new Triple V podcast episode, covering the most recent town hall. All right, so uh, let's get right to the first point. And for this one, I would be appreciative if you guys could share your opinions um, around the, the fairness and potentially the best solution. So as you know, the, the mint price for the phase two mint um, for, the, for people with the diamond syndrome was set at 20% and the mint price for those with the regular whitelist roll was set at 35%. The thing which you have to keep in mind um, for the phase two mint is that we will probably arrange the phase two mint again in a very small circle. So I think currently we have around 200 people whitelisted and we will only start with the marketing for the big mint after the phase two mint is done with. Or we might start beforehand, but those people coming in will then get sp uh, spots for phase three. So the phase two mint is going to be exclusive to those people who earned their role and to the Neo Tokyo elites of which we have around 100 who um, took advantage of the offer and completed the pre-mint. So now we have around 200 people on the wireless spots and around, I think, 150 or 180 of them have the diamond fin roll. So the question is now, um, with the current floor price, 20% is around 200 bucks which is below the phase one mint price. And now the question to the phase one minters is, do you think that you have already received enough value since we launched VVV, where the mint price of the phase two minters, especially in, in such a small circle, is not a big concern to you? Or do you feel that, and I'm very well aware that I said this, um, or do you feel that if they mint for cheaper than what you guys minted for, you're, I'm not doing you guys justice? So please feel free. Uh, you can also jump into voice and just be mindful that you have to use push to talk. Um, or you can share your thoughts in writing as well. I'm just curious to get everyone's point of view on this because I'm um, somewhat undecided. Yeah, so Cryptic Melon has a good point. Um, those in the US have received little value so far. Um, that's true. The, the US folks have, have come short. And that's why we rolled out the allocation games role, where you now have at least an opportunity to win relatively sizable um, allocations. and you know, relatively speaking, in comparison to launch pads like CDFI, Engine Starter, and so on, where people have to stake thousands of dollars worth of tokens to uh, end up in a raffle for $20 or $50 allocations. So um, 
while the the allocation games is obviously also uh, a me mechanism for marketing and for um, being attractive to a new audience, it's also a means to include the U.S. citizens. So while I understand that so far you have most of you had to have uh, had to stand on the sidelines, um, we have s set this new structure up in a way to directly benefit you. Which might, which may or may not justify um, a lower mint price, right? So um, we definitely have to be mindful of that. Okay, so Romy has suggested the same price as for phase one. And now I'm not sure how many whitelisted people we have listening in um but i would be very curious to hear if you deem uh, the mint price of 315 dollars which the phase one mint has got uh, as fair even though the initial offer of the whitelist was 20 percent which would be around 200 dollars Yeah, so Strider is asking, why can't the mint price be the same? 20% is just an arbitrary, you know, right? Same price means more income for VVV as well. Um, so I chose the 20% because phase two initially was meant to be that big marketing event where we um, have around 1,000 or 2,000 NFTs minted. But because of um, some delays on, on the website and some delays of building structure and just generally um, delays of, of um, you know, some of the, the best news for BVV, um, I don't think that makes a lot of sense right now. Uh, we have about 10 days left until the first and I don't see a point in us rushing uh, to get people into the phase two mint. I would much rather um do it in a well-structured way and in a way which rewards those who have been waiting for quite some time now to mint their, their dolphins and um to also um well to come back to your actual question the the 20 percent was arbitrary um but i i, I picked the 20 percent because for a big expansion the offer had to be a no-brainer um so while in theory I can deviate from that, I wouldn't want to risk to disgruntle the phase two minters. And also vice versa, I wouldn't want to disgruntle the ones um, who have minted in phase one. And let me read through the comments here. Yeah, I mean, Kerb, you have to disagree uh, with the statement that Phase 1 didn't receive any value yet. You had a lot of interactions with top-tier people in the space, which pretty no other community had, right? You had the um, CSO of Snickerdoodle, you had the CEO of Snickerdoodle, you had the CEO of NFTFI, and... Um, also, uh, the CEO of Orki, 
and of course all those investments which uh, had been have been tied with those events have not generated revenue yet but you know it, in my opinion it's pretty disrespectful to tell me that you haven't received any sort of a value yet just because the investments have not yielded any return yet that's um yeah i don't think that's the right way to look at this the the value is in having a chance to participate and then it's on everyone themselves whether or not they value what they get presented and whether or not they then want to deploy capital and of course the, the dollar value of um, being in phase one and being able to participate in nftfi snickerdoodle Godzilla, and so on that's yet to come right but the sheer ability to get access to those deals, in my opinion, is equal to a lot of value. And not to not only you know not to mention that you guys bought the NFT for around three hundred fifteen US dollar, and it's trading at a thousand dollars. And there has been times where you know when the market was better, when the NFT was trading at a much higher price. And then you also have the sharks and the whales who had a uh, massive value increase in the NFTs. So, you know, you're telling me there's no value, um, I think is overlooking some of the key aspects. It's difficult for me to keep up with the conversation <laughs> in writing. Give you one moment to catch up. Yeah, and as Leon mentioned, of course, you also have the academy, uh, we have the mentors who are looking after the students and we really go out of our way to not just focus on the projects which we bring as investments, but we also focus on educating the community on how to do due diligence on their own. Because just bringing you the deals and then people investing blindly, you know, that might be valuable, but there might also be uh, you know, a dark side to this where the people, uh, the community still doesn't understand uh, what a good project actually is made of. So having the academy and then soon having the research academy, I think that's going to be a tremendous value add, especially once Andy um, guides the students through our research process step by step. I think that's going to be very helpful in um, you guys avoiding making potential mistakes with some of your other investments. Yeah, and, and Lord, Lord Serge, she has also a point, you know, at the end of the day, it's a mixture of VVV providing the value, but then also the phase one minters who minted setting the floor, right? So if there's too many people selling and not being bothered around the impact on the floor price, it's, it's difficult for me to, you know, keep up the promise of phase two minting at a more expensive price if they start to list lower and lower and lower, right? Um, but I also understand that um, it's also our responsibility to not keep good news um, too long on the down low so people can um, stay bullish about VVV. And uh, that's one of the main reasons why the, the dashboard got teased by Andrea, which was long overdue. 
um, Andrea and Andrew had been working on that for uh, I think a couple of weeks now. Um, might even be over a month. But they've put in hundreds of hours to make this uh, one of the best dashboards out there. And um, that, but it's really only the, the tip of the iceberg. There's a lot more things coming, and I do not want to push um, the hype of the project with uh, promises of what's coming next week or the week after. I think it, it makes more sense to continuously deliver some of the things we work at. Um, the dashboard is going to be live next week. Um, and there would be means for us to artificially push the floor price but I think it makes more sense to um, open up a dialogue between the phase one and phase two vendors to see where everyone stands and to see which price you guys deem fair. Okay, so Ash and Casper, um, the thing is that in the announcement for the Neo Tokyo Elites, for example, I set up the price for the Diamond Fin wireless roll with 20% and um, there was a disclaimer that the percentages might slightly change but I think it's not going to be that well received if we push it from 20% to 30% yeah Kirby I understand your point um, the thing which we might want to keep in mind as well is that the VVV NFT grants access to deals which you do not see anywhere else and especially Snickerdoodle is in very high demand and we could have already like sold off a chunk of that over the counter simply because they have been oversubscribed and it's a project which is difficult to get in um, and with the phase one mentors and people who bought in um, on the secondary market being the only ones getting access to that I think makes being a phase one minter already worth it and personally probably wouldn't care too much about a hundred dollar mint price difference simply for the sake of being able to participate in the snickerdoodle allocation and also you know to add to that um, you didn't have to stake initially for the first snickerdoodle round so you could have participated in Snickerdoodle and even sold off um, some of your dolphins. And I think, you know, such an easy access to such a great project, that's, in my opinion, valuable. And of course, we don't know the, the, the actual returns of the investment yet, but, um, you know, in my opinion, I think Snickerdoodle is the best uh, risk-to-reward ratio which we have seen so far. Yeah, and it's true, Victor, um, I, I said that the phase two mint will never go lower than the phase two, excuse me, the phase two mint price will never go lower than the phase one mint price. So if push comes to shove, uh, I'm going to keep the, I'm going to keep my word and, and not let it drop lower, even if that means having to potentially disgruntle some of the phase two minters. But I think it, it would be, yeah, I just wanted to have the conversation to see where the community stands. At the end of the day, I'm going to do um, what you guys are saying. Yeah, I appreciate your input, uh, Masih.
And I agree. At the end of the day, we are not just giving away NFTs. We are bringing in more brain power, and we are bringing in and bringing in um, qualified and capable people. And especially the Neo Tokyo elites, I think, are going to be um, amongst the best new community members which we could find. So Fardologist is asking if you know the full mechanism of the staking. Um, well, I think I've outlined it. Um, I'm not sure if you're now relating to the auto staking or to the different staking options for the current holders. Um, generally speaking, you're going to have two different options as a holder. You're going to have six months and 12 months locked staking in which you cannot unstake or transfer or sell the NFT. And if you are amongst the phase two minters, your NFT is going to get auto-staked right after mint. And after 12 months, you're going to be able to unstake and either restake or transfer or sell the NFT. Okay, I'm going to hurry up so we can um, get over the first point of the agenda. Give you one moment. Okay. One more thing, and I mentioned this before, but I just want to underline it once more. We only have around 200 spots at the moment, and I, I can even check the role live. So we have 199 people with the diamond fin role. So it's not like, and all of them only get one NFT to mint. So it's not like we're giving away a massive amount of NFTs at a you know, at a massive discount, it's a hundred bucks difference and it's 200 people. I, you know, I personally think it's more valuable to, you know, not disgruntle those guys. A couple of those have already been waiting um, since uh, 1st of July, I believe, or 1st of August, uh, when we delayed the mint by one month. Um, I think the the benefits of the brain power coming in is going to be stronger than VVV making, for example, hundred dollars more from the mint per NFT, or you know by you guys getting a better mint price deal. Yeah, and I agree, Kirby. You know, I I totally understand where you're coming from, and I I wish Godzilla would have stuck to the TGE date, but it seems like they have something even bigger planned, so I'm not going to complain for now, but that was the deal which was expected to launch first, and I think there's a very good opportunity there to get a decent return very early on. Okay, Blue Returns, thank you. I see you got also 13 reactions. Um, you know, I personally, I do, I do not need to keep the mint price at 315. I, I personally would be fine, uh, you know, letting it sit at that 20% mark and um, give the new guys a, a decent deal. They cannot sell before you anyways. Um, and I think having them as part of the community is going to be more valuable than the 115 bucks, which we could potentially charge more on the mint. Um, okay, excuse me if I'm not pronouncing the name uh, correctly, but Truor 
is asking when uh, pretty much when the snapshot is going to be taken of the mint price or of the floor price. Um, yeah, I mean, probably um, you know, shortly before the mint, I would say. Yeah, thank you, Andrea, and I, I agree. And I also have to admit <laughs> that in hindsight, the you know coming up with the twenty percent might might not have been the best idea. You know, if I just had set the price at X dollars, I think it would have been a hundred times easier. Uh, but now there's no going going back, and I'm going to learn from it for phase three. Uh, okay, foodologist, we take snapshots of um, all the live events. Uh, well, Hiroshima sunset, uh, you know, it it could this it could. Uh, I'm I'm not sure if it's going if it's going to, you know, be perceived that way, but it could disgruntle them because they would essentially have to pay a hundred bucks more for them in uh, given the current floor price. Okay, so Jan Premru is asking. And I think you're referring probably to the elites who uh, got the whitelist spots. Does NT also get the deals that we got recently, or was it just where it started? Um, so we have the alloca allocation game section, and I have um, a few reserves, a uh, pretty small one, so a very small reserve of uh, NFTFI, and we will have to double check uh, on the availability of that. And then we have um, around $5,000 worth of Godzilla and probably like five to 10K worth of Sniggledoodle. And I will probably cut these up uh, into um, $100 allocations and then make them part of the allocation games uh, section. But the allocation game section is open to all the uh, VVV holders. So it's, you know, it's not like uh, those deals would then only be available for the newly whitelisted people. It's going to be a value proposition for all of the holders and especially for the US guys who so far uh, haven't been able to participate in any of the deals. Casper's uh, asking about the specific dates for staking. Um, so, phase one is going to be able to stake um, sometime next week, like 90% probability that we can make it for next week. And then the phase one minters um, will probably get auto staked in um, the first week of. September, which would be um, between the 5th of September and the 11th. So we're going to have, like, I'm probably going to arrange it where we have like one or two weeks uh, between um, the unlock then, if uh, both would decide to stake for 12 months. Okay, a lot of comments about moving on. Uh, give me one moment, I'm catching up. Well, Marcel, which uh, question should I read out? All right, guys, I think we're probably going to come back to that topic on the 28th again, um, because as you rightfully pointed out, the floor price is going to change. 
And a couple more comments until I'm at the newest messages. Yeah, and David has a good point, and I have to agree. It's, you know, attracting the right people is probably the, the most delicate part of everything. And those 200 people have already been um, proven to be valuable to the community. They either had been uh, engaged in the academy or they come from a top tier community and a very selected group of members within that community or they have been here uh, since the phase one and so um, I also think that if if they are allowed to mint for a hundred dollars cheaper um, they're going to bring the value with them so to speak yes Victor I agree I <laughs> didn't expect this conversation to go on for that long but I think it was an important uh, debate to have uh, it was very very um, helpful to get the different points of view here okay so uh, next point and that's pretty much already tying into what we discussed right now and that's the the marketing approach and I outlined this in the last town hall meeting um, where we are now going to um, work together with Dark Knight himself um, who is one of the outreach leads for Neo Tokyo and he is going to connect us with a plethora of different NFT communities and they will then um, get two different whitelist spot tiers and they're going to be revised um, for the phase three mint. So to recap and to um, reiterate what we discussed in the marketing uh, town hall a few, um, I think one week ago, um, all of which we discussed in that town hall now pretty much is void for phase two. Um, because we decided to do the phase two uh, in a small circle and then use the phase three mint, which is going to commence on the 1st of October for the big marketing event. So that means that um, once we have worked out all the details, which is probably going to be next week, we are then going to start marketing the phase three mint. And for that, we're going to collaborate with a couple of other communities and um, give the, their most qualified members the tier one whitelist spot and um, a bigger whitelist spot allocation to the regular members, which is then either going to get raffled or um, given away to uh, you know, how, however they um, decide to allocate them. Um, and then they will also have the opportunity by contributing in the academy or by contributing to the community as a whole to earn the tier one whitelist, uh, whitelist uh, role. And the difference is again going to be uh, relating to the, to the mint price and um, it's going to be a way for us to encourage new people who come in to take time to read up on what VVV is all about and to um, provide value to the community. Now, the question which I have is um, relating to the, mainly to the uh, 
Well, mainly to two things. Um, we discussed it the last time and the responses have been mixed. Um, and some of my team members have reached out to individual community members to do like a um, little uh, market analysis of, you know, whether you guys see this as valuable or as a potential detriment to the quality of the community. Um, but I would be curious to, to, again, get some feedback on, for example, um, offering whitelist spots just in general, whitelist spots to other projects in our dedicated section in the VVE server. And then to also arrange the allocation game events where all of our holders can win small tickets and small prepaid tickets in some of the deals which we have arranged. And that would, for example, be NFTFI, Snickerdoodle, Peak, and Godzilla. And um, for the whitelist giveaways, for example, there would be a certain degree of quality control. It's not going to be as rigorous and diligent as the general research of investments simply because the you know, NFT projects themselves work differently. Um, but it's going to be an, an added value. Um, it's going to be a, a value add for the holders and for potentially new members as well. Um, admittedly, in the bear market, the, the dollar value of those whitelist events usually is uh, a lot of hit and miss, but Dark Knight is working for and with Neo Tokyo, so he, we're going to get a similar quality of whitelist inflow as the Neo Tokyo citizens, for example. And I think that's a pretty good standard to have. And I think he, you know, he has a track record and he has uh, generated a ridiculous amount of ETH um, for Neo Tokyo. I think he's also the leading uh, outreach guy there in terms of ROI on the opportunities he has arranged. Okay, so Joseph is asking if we have a list of communities you would like to do collabs with. Um, we do not have the list yet, but we are going to get one, which I'm not sure if we're going to, if it makes sense to share it, um, because it's going to be like 100 to 200 communities. And um, you're asking about the selection criteria. And uh, you know, here I think it's going to be quite difficult to make the right decision because if you want to launch, just generally speaking, if you want to launch a successful NFT collection, a lot of that is going to be carried by total demand and not so much by the quality of the individual members. The, the quality of owners gets facilitated by whichever culture you're going to breed within the server. And I think we are currently in a good position where the core community is very established and very strong, where I don't see an inflow of new members to be a, a big detriment to what we currently have. And 
what we currently have is also going to be protected by the respective holders channel. We have the, the whales, sharks and dolphins channels and these are not going to change or not going to change drastically, drastically even with new members coming in. So you know, just for the sake of an example, um, right now uh, after the phase two win, we're probably going to have around 600 holders total. So you have a core community of 600 people in the Dolphins channel, for example. So even if now 5,000 or 10,000 people come in, you guys still have um, you know, a safe space, so to speak, where even if there, there's some degeneracy going on, you guys are well protected from that and then co can go ahead and interact with the people in general chat and also identify those guys with uh, a lot of potential and go ahead and mentor them, guide them and um, outline the value and the potential of VVV as a whole to them so that the VVV mint for them does not just become about um, you know the mint price and then the um, arbitrage between the future price after the staking ends but it becomes more of a means of us um, bringing them into the community and turning them into valuable holders. Oh, my mix switched. Uh, I mean, on my end, nothing changed. Can you hear me all right, guys? Okay, super strange because I have my headphones, um, my F, my AirPods. Um, yeah, but it might change when I'm walking around around the room, so I'm going to <laughs> stay in the same spot now. Um, okay, so Victor's asking about um, reaching non-blockchain communities, and that's that's actually something which we're working on at the moment. Um, it's I, I don't want to share the details yet because I know there's a lot of people listening in and copying our stuff so, um, I can't share the details yet but this is something we are also working on and I think that that's one of the areas where we're going to have the first move advantage in the way we do it Yeah, Bailey is asking about the wrath of the phase two. Yes, that's still going to happen. I might reduce the amount of uh, sharks and whales which get raffled, but they're still going to um, get allocated to some of the phase two mentors. Okay, so there's not, not that much feedback coming. Uh, so I don't think that you guys seem to feel as strongly <laughs> about the whitelist uh, spots in the uh, respective new section of the server than the mint price, uh, which is fine by me. Uh, okay, then we move on to the next point on the agenda. And well, so, um, you know, all of Everything which you discussed ties like, you know, one, one point ties into the next one. Um, 
what I would like to do, and this might be difficult. Um, okay, so Casper is asking why are we raffling sharks? So the um, the phase two mint again was meant to be that big that big big marketing event. So um, you know I wanted to incentivize the phase two mint um, with some additional incentives, but I'm going to definitely cut back on the amounts of sharks and whales there and only um, give away a, a few. Um, so Joseph asks if I'm planning on minting out by phase three. Um, the answer is no. I think we're aiming for 1,000 to 2,000 FTs total for phase three. And then probably going to keep the rest in reserves for the phase four mint. And I think four phases should then be enough. And I also think that the phase four mint might be um, pushed out into a, a date uh, far in the future. Okay, so the next point on the, on the agenda is something where I would be very appreciative of the help of the community. And what I'm looking for is people, uh, and I mean members in our community, who are already active in some of the other VC communities out there. And it, it can be a, a community VC, it can be a group like Dutch Crypto Investors, or it can be a Launchpad, which has a community or anything um, you know, that has like an audience and interest overlap with what we do. And then what I would like to do is reach out to those communities and arrange an AMA with them, either in their own community or in our server and potentially offer them uh, wider spots for VVV and maybe as a further incentives and location for the owners or for a part of the community. Um, and Jesus, <laughs> I, I, I'm mixing sometimes up my, um, my thoughts with the uh, conversations that's going on in the, in the general chat. Um, so let me start again from the beginning. Um, I want to offer those guys uh, wireless spots for VVV and then potentially also an allocation, it's Nickel Doodle. Uh, not a big one, but um, I think the you know the chances are very good that we can ask for pretty much whatever we want to get. Um, so there's no harm in offering, for example, a 10k allocation uh, to a strong community VC, which is then allowing us to talk to their community and, and outline how we do it differently and potentially learn from us. Um, the big downside or the big hurdle which I see in doing this is that pretty much all those community VCs operate with fees. Meaning if we come in their community for an AMA and then we present our fee-less model and you know, we also tell them that the mid price is going to be, I don't know, 400 bucks for example for phase uh, three, they might see it as um, a risk of losing members. Right, because now everyone who can do math uh, can um, calculate if over the course of a year 
you invest $5,000 and you pay a 10% fee, then you already paid more in fees than you would pay for our NFT, um, especially if you're a minter. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure if that's going to work, but I, I would be appreciative if um, some of our members who might be in other community VCs could reach out to their owners and could ask them if there would be a way for... Uh, them to arrange an AMA or some sort of a collaboration with us um, with the value proposition that we can arrange for them to have an allocation in Snickerdoodle and we can also give them in their community uh, a few white spots um, for VVV and uh, you know to address the joke of Toby uh, I'm not uh, referencing Spectre and I'm also not referencing Citizen Capital um, I'm talking about the plethora of other community VCs which are out there so um, the next point is it would be great if you guys could make some suggestions of influencers in the crypto space who either are trustworthy or at least are perceived as trustworthy um, to the public. You know, the first first aspect is sometimes very difficult to judge. So I would be very interested to hear um, or to see some names being dropped either in the chat here um, or if someone's listening to the recording um, to just ping me in the general chat and mention a few names um, so that we can also start to reach out to those influencers and arrange AMAs and whitelist events for VVV with them as well. And um, I'm also going, I also want to explain to you uh, why this is not just important for um, the VVV Mint, but also for our deal flow in itself. And uh, before I go into this, the total audience size, I think, is secondary um, with those influencers. So they do not have to be like super big. They don't have to have hundreds of thousands of uh, followers. It, it could be enough for someone to have a following of 5K on Twitter, for example, but they have very good engagement and they have posts of substance and they for example, are interested in, in the VC space in itself or in the uh, crypto investment space itself. So um, I don't know the guys uh, which I've mentioned so far, but uh, some of the big YouTubers might be very difficult to get a hold of. Um, so for the initial outreach, I would probably even prefer uh, a few of the smaller ones. Yeah, because, the, you know, the guy from, oh, his name is actually Guy, <laughs> Guy from Coin Bureau, it's probably going to be difficult to get a hold of uh, right now. So, um, you know, we want, might want to start out with some smaller ones. And the reason why, why I think it's valuable to do this is because I have seen how... Oh agencies who arrange those influencers to post about certain projects, how they are treated by the respective projects themselves. Meaning, if you are an influencer with 
a certain amount of followers or if you have an agency which can do crypto marketing the the likelihood of you getting pretty much into any crypto game you ever wanted is pretty high and i've seen this with angelic and with Godzilla and also with dogami um you know as soon as you drop uh that you either are uh, an influencer yourself or you have a connection to for example 10 influencers with each uh, 5k followers now you can pretty much negotiate any size of a soft you want and you can get uh you know can get into whatever round you want so potentially having those connections as vvv with you know let's say 10 uh, trustworthy influencers that's going to be a big value add fast and outreach too and what we can then do is if these guys are interested in investing themselves we can make allocations available to them as an incentive we can also pay them and um, it's also going to add a lot of value to the community because now we might have an easier time securing deals and especially securing the gaming deals it's going to be a hell of a lot easier um, if you are, um, or if you have some leverage in terms of uh, publications and um, posts on YouTube and Twitter. Um, so Thomas has been asking about if we would go ahead and sweep the floor, for example, to end up with a higher mint price. And I don't like those Ponzi style tactics. And I don't, I also do not like to hire a market maker, for example, who does that for you. Um, you know, I don't think to me, if that doesn't seem to be the right approach. I, I would much rather have the, the mint price be, or I would much rather have the, the floor price be what it actually is and what the community and the open market decides it to be, and then adjust accordingly. And um, I think Helena is probably listening in. Yes. Um, if you could take note of the different influencers which have been um, posted in the town hall chat, I would be appreciative. And then we can create a list out of everyone who has been mentioned. Yeah, and Citizen Cass, I think we might then also be in touch with you and some of the other ones who mentioned that they know some of those guys directly. Okay, Romy, thank you for your suggestion. Um, I'm going to log into Dylan Sharp and see if we can set something up with, with them. Yeah, Andrew, I think you might also want to look into this um, maybe after the phase three mint to start running some ads as well. I think that makes sense. 
All right. And you guys, whenever one of those influencers come to mind, you know, feel free to post it in here. If it's after the town hall, feel free to just post it in general chat. And ideally, instead of pinging, pinging me, just ping Helena, and then she's going to add it to our sheet. Yes, so the next point is um, how to represent slash engage with VVV on LinkedIn and why it's important. Um, I'm currently in the process of forming the board of directors for the blockchain fund. And the responses have been overwhelmingly positive. Um, the Anyone who sees our uh, mission statement and pitch deck is pretty much already sold on the idea. And then it's only about um, finding those guys who's, who still have the fire on their belly to change the world. Because what we do and what we're going to do has not been done before, and we're going to, to be the first ones doing it. So we need to have people who are 100% on fire and aligned with what we want to do. And what we're, from my perspective, this is not some not feedback which I have received, but from what I can see, or from what I can see, if I look at it from uh, you know the perspective of an outsider who has no access to Discord or who, who doesn't want to bother to you know interact with that platform, is that the engagement which we have within the community is invisible on LinkedIn. And of course, this is mainly our fault because we haven't um, you know, ask anyone to engage with us on LinkedIn or to, uh, you know, update your profiles and so on. But what I would like to do, and I'm going to do this in an announcement uh, probably tomorrow, um, I would be very appreciative if you guys could follow us on LinkedIn. You guys can also send me uh, friend requests or however it's called on LinkedIn, and I'm going to accept it. Uh, as long as I see that some sort of a reference in, in you know, you connecting with me, uh, because I also get a lot of, uh, random outreach. So if you guys, um, you know, would be up to follow VVV, engage with some of our posts, just so that we can also showcase that we actually have that big of a community and that they are not just engaged in this thought with their PFPs, but these are actually real people with you know real CVs or real life experiences um, that would definitely make for a more professional look. Okay. And now we're going to go into the the last point of today's town hall and that's the VVV team restructure and workflow optimization. And um, you might have seen that Tony has been um, inactive since a couple of days. And that's due to the reason that he got a job offer in London from a big company. And apparently they made him an offer he couldn't refuse. So he's going to transition out of BBB and into a full-time real life um, job opportunity. Now, I have nothing bad to say about Tony. He has done a tremendous job in setting up the foundation for the researchers. He has helped us a lot 
and the outreach and then the filtering process of some of the, some of the projects. Um, but there has also been some friction within the research team and we were on the verge of losing one of our best researchers. And I'm a strong believer that a great team is always in transition and not everyone is always qualified for the same position at the same point on, let me rephrase, the same person being created in one position might not be created in that same position in a different point in time of the, the journey of the entire project. Meaning for the startup phase, there's a lot of people or there are certain people in the startup phase who can get you from zero to one. But that when, then when it comes to the daily business and running the business, someone else might be more qualified to do so. And with the, with the friction in the research team building up, I think in the long term, it would have put us in a very bad position. So, you know, initially I was disappointed to see him go, but I think it's going to be a lot healthier for the research team because now they have a means of being more independent in how they approach what they do. And, um, yeah, I, I see Haas is mentioning that, you know, he said that Tony's leaving. Um, but we also have to keep in mind a few of the decisions which have been made, which might not have been that great for VVV as a whole. And admittedly, again, I'm not playing Tony here by, by any means. Uh, you know, he, he was a very intelligent and young guy. And I was falling from, um, what's the right term? I was falling for the comfort of handing off certain decisions and certain uh, aspects of the workflow to someone else and just let them run with it. The problem is that I was pretty much locked out uh, out of all the communication with the research team and wasn't fully aware of what's going on. So, um, you know, you guys know uh, Tony brought us Nickodoodle and I'm very thankful for that. But we also turned down Sui uh, because of Tony and we also turned down Mavia uh, initially because of uh, Tony's opinion on it. So, you know, you can make a couple of great decisions, but it doesn't mean that all of your decisions are always 100% right. And, um, you know, it's, and, you know, I'm speaking from my own uh, experience, it's very easy to fall for the folly of being right once and then thinking that you're always right in all of the decisions. And then you potentially end up rejecting things which could have incredibly valuable for the community and, um, you know, potentially cause some, yeah, cause the community to miss out on something great. And I think one thing which was not, which was not good from my side is that um, I relied on, on Tony's decision-making 
almost blindly and didn't listen too much uh, to the, the research team as a whole. And I also did not communicate with the researchers as much as I should have. And it was surprising to me to, to you know, once I finally did, uh, to hear the different uh, point of views of the different uh, um, individuals of the entire team. And um, again, Tony has done a tremendous job in helping setting us a lot of the different aspects of the research process up. And I think he was the right guy to have here for getting us from uh, zero to one. But I also feel that it's going to be a lot better for the team going forward because they have been restricted a lot in what they had to focus on. And I don't think they had been they have been treated uh, the way they should be treated. And I can also tell that um, the sentiment in the research team is now very, very positive, where before it, I had a feeling that some of the ambitions had been suffocated. And, and that's, yeah, that was, um, It was a little bit weird for me to see. So, you know, again, I have nothing bad to say about Tony. Uh, you know, he was super, super young. And I know, uh, you know, when I was that age, I certainly would, wouldn't be able to make any uh, decisions as well as he did. Uh, but I also know that if you're that young, you have a lot of uh, room for improvement in terms of your leadership. And I also think, you know, of, of course, a lot of this is also my influence, right? And I, I have not treated people right all the time and I also have made a couple of poor decisions so you know if I'm the one uh, you might and I'm not saying that was the case but you know if I'm the one you know setting a certain standard or setting a certain tone you know that's also going to influence the entire team so I think at the end of the day you know everything always boils down to my leadership and everything is always my responsibility so you know I'm going to take all the blame for Tony leaving but I also can see that it's going to have a tremendously positive impact on the research team. And it's all, it's also going to, um, get rid of some of the bias we had, um, based on one man's opinion. I think we're now going to be able to be more agile and to look at, um, certain projects with a little less bias. And I also spoke to the team and. I, I still have to, uh, you know, get back and check their opinion on it. But I also think it's going to be valuable to um, refocus on some of the some of the crypto games and to refocus on games which have been backed by a lot of KOLs. Simply because we know that. If the right, and I'm not talking about the, the backing of the investors, but if the right, um, if the right influencers are in place and if the right market makers are in place, a lot of those investments can, um, yield an immediate return on day one. And while the infrastructure plays and the long-term investments are a big part, and I think the integral part of the blockchain fund going forward, we also cannot neglect the projects which have a potential to yield a short-term return for the community and simply be easier to understand 
especially if you have uh, you know new community members coming in who might only be used to NFTs or who might only be knowledgeable about games, for example. Um, a game is much more relatable and much easier to understand and potentially even more exciting than something like Peak, where you know I'm pretty sure that Peak is uh, you know 100 times better than any of the games out there, but you can make hundred times more money on certain games simply because of the way they are set up and the marketing is set up. Now let me check on some of the questions. Okay, let me scroll up a bit. Okay, so one question regarding LinkedIn from Marcel is asking about the sharing kits for LinkedIn. Yes, I will send the um, LinkedIn banner to, I will just attach it to the announcement uh, for LinkedIn and then everyone can um, add the VVV banner to their LinkedIn profile if they want. Okay, so Marcel uh, is asking, didn't Tony bring in most of the research projects? Um, well, he initially, yes, but then he set up a bot, which is then, you know, which was then pretty much doing the work automatically. And we're going to, you know, we know how the bot works. We are currently in the process of setting up ourselves and then the deal flow is not going to change. And Hiroshima Sunset is asking, okay, so we're stepping up to fill Tony's shoes. The researchers have already uh, reorganized and are already set up to fill those shoes. Okay, Iban is asking, how does VVV plan to replace the hole that Tony leaves behind is the question, and what was that hole? Um, yeah, I mean, the, you know, the deal flow would be a big aspect but since you know we have access to the logic of the of the bond and we will have that set up probably within the next couple of days, you know I don't want to discredit him, but there's not that that much of hole uh, that needs filling. The the researchers have done their job uh, for the past couple of weeks. They had then been derailed to a degree because of you know the way they had been spoken to and you know where he wanted to see. The focus of some of the research to be done, where now in hindsight, that was not a very smart decision to make. So now we are pretty much um, set up the way we had set up in before, but the sentiment is a lot better within the team and the researchers are, are more free to pursue the things which they deem most important. And, you know, I think with the caliber of researchers which we have, um, five people will probably be able to make a better decision than one person most of the time. Okay, Rome is stating I have very high confidence in Sean and the VV team. If someone leaves, somebody will rise up to the challenge. You never know, maybe even better. Yes, and I agree, Romy. You know, whenever I look back and, and something in quotes, uh, when whenever something bad happened to me, 
uh, or to any of my businesses, it, it always was a blessing in disguise. And I think the you know the disguise in this case is not very difficult. I think there's a lot of things which are now be you know which we could now clear up uh, simply due to the lack of communication between me and researchers. And I think we are uh, well on our way to keep doing what we did do and to do it even better. Dan Malorian is asking, is SUI irreversible? I'm already in touch with the SUI team. Um, I'm not sure uh, if we can reverse the damage because the round is closed. But I'm working on getting an AMA with them and then hopefully somehow being able to open up a small ticket for us. But at, at this point in time, I cannot make any promises. Okay, so Joseph is stating, my biggest concern about VV is our top people getting poached or leaving to do their own thing. And now that it started, how do you plan on keeping the rest of the core team? I'm not, you know, I think that's the wrong question to ask. And, you know, I want to start the, the answer with a, with a quote. And it's not the people who fire, who kill your business. It's the people you don't. And if someone is leaving for another position, that means they have never been 100% all in. And I knew that, you know, I noticed from Tony, he was traveling and he was doing, you know, some other things, which I'm not fully aware of, of what he did. But, um, you know, I can tell if someone is all in. And I was very well aware that Tony might leave. And this is not, in this case, it's not like he got poached from another VC or, you know, anything like that. And the decision which he made, you know, in my opinion, is also the right decision for him personally, because he wasn't a, you know, he's very young and he just came out of university and he could either stay with a startup or he could go to a big, well-established firm in London and add something credible to his CV. So now what would you do, you know, in his shoes? I don't think that, you know, I'm not concerned in the slightest. I'm not concerned in losing a young guy uh, to go back and pursue, uh, a, you know, in quotes, real career. That's completely fine. Uh, he provided all. Again, I'm not discrediting what, what he's doing, you know, but I think he provided all the value he could provide to us. I don't, I think at some point with some people, there's diminishing returns and I don't see any harm in you know him leaving and i don't see any harm uh or i don't see any potential uh of a risk here where some of the someone of the research team would, would leave or whatever um and even if it's you know even if someone were to leave there's always someone else within the community or within the team itself to fill up that gap so you know once you start having fear or once you start operating from a position of fear, you're never going to be successful. And I don't care who goes, who stays. At the end of the day, it all comes down to my leadership and it all comes down to me being capable to do everything myself, even if I, you know, in some aspects, I might not be doing it as well as someone else. As long as I'm capable of doing it, I can keep the, the ball rolling. And right now the team is big and strong and, you know, even if two or three guys leave, that's not going to make a difference. Uh, returns ask about the outreach. 
Um, Tony actually didn't do uh, that much outreach, to be honest. Yeah, and we are also currently working just a general statement uh, about the outreach. We are also um, reworking the the outreach process. Um, I, I have been doing it for the past couple of weeks, and um, we might also open it up um, to getting the community more involved because you know the projects which we want to get in touch with, uh, which we are in touch with. They are in super high demand and um, in order for us to establish a relationship with them and potentially earn, a, earn a, a ticket with them, that's only going to be possible by leading with value. We cannot come into the server and ask, hey, can we get an allocation? And even if I'm leading with the AMA and with the value proposition or having a strong and engaged community, sometimes it's just difficult to break through the noise. So um, we're currently refining some of the, you know, the individual steps for outreach. Um, and I think we probably are going to um, open certain projects and certain steps up um, to the community soon, where they will then be able to support us. And I'm also going to leverage the board which I'm building and their expertise and their network to secure those deals. And then again, just as I said before, regarding the, uh, the influencers, which I asked you guys to share, that's also going to be a part of that. And as well as the um, us working towards the phase three mint and expanding the community and simply expanding the sheer size of the community, that's also going to be a bigger value. Now imagine if I can approach those guys and tell them, hey, on all of the AMAs, we have 300 people listening in, and we have a community of 10,000 people. You know, that, that's already making a, di a different um, impression than 150 people listening in and 1,500 people in the server. Okay, Blue Returns is asking or stating, would love to understand each member's strength and position better. Um, Mm, yeah, I'm not sure how we would do that best, um, you know, especially with some of the researchers being super active on, you know, on the back end and with the expertise mainly showing in our Trello and in our internal notes. Um, you know, I'm not too sure if that's like super important. Some of it will probably become more obvious uh, once Andy starts with the research academy, I, you know, I, I, because I'm not sure what he has in mind, but I think he might be uh, joined by some of the other researchers or might explain in more detail what they do. Um, so that might be one of the parts where, um, you know, you might get some additional insights. Yeah. Okay. Blue returns. That, that's a very good point. So, your pre returns are stating, do you have plans to add more team members or take advantage of strength that the community members have? There's a lot of wasted talent in the VVV community that could be used better. I agree a thousand percent. 
And you probably have noticed that the team has grown since we started and that it has grown like on a bi-weekly uh, manner. And we already have our eye on two community members, uh, which are going to ask for help and who then potentially become team members soon. And that's definitely um, something which we want to double down on and something which sometimes is um, delayed by, you know, the sheer workload of daily business. But it's, it's something which we are um, always coming back to and, you know, something which we definitely know um, is there and where we see a lot of value. Okay, the Malorian is asking for a VVV organizational chart. Um, yeah, I think you're going to, once the website is completely updated and up and running, um, all the individual positions um, should be pretty obvious and more transparent so that you guys can see um, who is actually doing what. James is asking about equity deals, whether or not they are off the table until the blockchain fund is set up. Um, no, they're not off the table. If we see a, a good equity deal, I wouldn't be against presenting it to the community. Masik is stating, I was thinking about exactly the same. Can we have additional layer of the community committee, whatever the name we come up with, that would give the opinion before the rejection is decided? Um, yeah, we will keep that in mind as well, um, because I understand that at the end of the day, we serve the community, right? So we do not want to reject something where you guys might have a different opinion. Um, so whenever, you know, for the time being, because I, I cannot, like, there's a lot of other super high priority items which we have to work on. Uh, but whenever you see something in the rejections channel, which you do not agree on, or if you have a, a project which you're super bullish about and which the community likes very much, then, then just steer the conversation in our general chat or in the holders chat. Um, towards that and then I'm going to ping the researchers and we're going to come back to it and double down on the project. Yes, Pluriturn, that's a good point. And I'm going to read it out first. I have submitted a few projects, SUI included and they just rejected without the team reaching out. I feel like if the team would have, re would have reached out to discuss it, they would have understood my point of view with it better and made a better judgment. Yes, I, I agree 100%. And this is something which I just said uh, to them today. We 
we should reach out to more projects and we should arrange more AMAs because not all of the projects which we approve based on what we see might be the best ones. There might be a lot of them who do not have as much information public, who, you know, only reveal their full potential after actually talking to them. So we're going to uh, double down on our outreach and we're going to, um, rem oh, we're going to lower like the barrier of when we start to actively outreach. So um, after this town hall and tomorrow, we're going to have a, a call uh, with the research team addressing exactly that because I, I, I agree a thousand percent with what you said. Um, Toby's asking, now that we are getting more and more members, isn't it time for a community mod that is necessary from the team? Yes, I agree. If there's anyone who wants to volunteer, uh, if there's someone who you guys think is um, super qualified to do so, please let me know and I would be more than happy um, to have one of the uh, non-team members in, uh, in that position. Yes, I agree, Eva. Again, you know, the let me read out the comment first. I'm very excited to hear that we'll be taking a more committee-centric approach to deal flow analysis. Um, especially around the deals, it's extremely dangerous to only rely on one person's opinion or to weigh one person's opinion more than those of the others. Um, and this, this is something which came up in, in one of the conversations of a potential board member. And he was referring to what we do um, with the community vetting to the wisdom of crowds. And I like that term so much that I, I now put it on the website. And we have to rely a lot more on the points of views and insights of the community. Um, the, at the end of the day, there, there's no point in us wanting to do a deal because we think it's the best thing in the world and none of the community members like it, but they like something else and we don't arrange it because we don't like it. Um, at the end of the day, we have to do what the community wants and um, you guys are more than capable to do your own due diligence um, to identify high, high, uh, higher potential projects. And I think us being more open to the feedback and to the opinions of the community is going to be very helpful. Yeah, Masih is mentioning Celestia, which has been submitted by Arthur. The researcher, uh, the researchers are looking into that, and um, we're going to reach out to them whenever um, I got the the basic. Uh, rundown on what they do and, and what Celestia does. Yeah, Fred is mentioning a co community vote on the deals and we, we certainly are going to arrange it as well. We just have to be careful to not um, do those of an add everyone ping 
too often. Uh, otherwise, it, it might it might be hurting the engagement of the server. Um, but I would also not be opposed to having a, a specific role where members of that role can be more involved with the uh, research process. Okay, Tracy is also mentioning Celestia. And, you know, it's not only about the contacts you have, right? You also have to know um, how to lead with value and how to talk to those guys in charge on, you know, the other side's team to be appealing to them as a potential investor or partner. And I think this has been our strength um, for quite some time now. And um, we have the community backing us. So I think we're in a very good position where we have a couple of aces up our sleeves to break through whenever we have to do outreach. Yes, so Chris is asking about the headquarters. And for the time being, I, I had to update the headquarters to London because that's where uh, the, the VC business entity is registered. Um, but that's probably going to be updated uh, to uh, US um, location once we are through with the legal setup and the tech structure and so on and uh, you know, are closer to founding the actual business entity. Okay, give me a moment to check. Um, some of the comments. Yeah, thank you, Chris. Much appreciated. Yeah, Hiroshima Sunset is mentioning um, that there's also a downside to doing a community vote because um, it's very easy to have it skewed by what's popular, but there's also ways to arrange those uh, in, a, um, in a way where the, the votes, the submitted votes are not visible right away. So we could make it uh, a blind vote, so to speak. Although generally speaking, you know, let me just give you an example because this this was something which I really enjoyed seeing. Um, you know, for for the peak deal, for example, um, we initially didn't want to do it because the interest by the community seemed rather low. But then, when I asked about it in the general chat, uh, a very um, like very professional and sophisticated conversation started around the project itself and. You know, much rather than just having a vote where everyone can click on an emoji, I would prefer to hear everyone's opinion on something and, and the real, like, legitimate point of view on something, much rather than everyone just clicking on, on an emoji and then we make the decision based on that. I would prefer uh, 10 people 
sharing some thoughts on something over 100 people reacting with a certain emoji. And I think Peak was a super example where, um, you know, the community pretty much overturned uh, the decision of the team. And now we have a, a, a deal, which in my opinion, you know, we, I'm very glad that we did it because I, I personally wanted to invest in them. Um, but it also was a good example on the community being capable of making their own decisions and coming to their own conclu conclusions and also um, weighing the risk return and um, opportunity cost of allocating capital in a specific deal. All right, guys, let me know if there are any questions or comments, concerns, whatever you guys um, have on your mind. Otherwise, one thing um, which we are probably going to arrange with Niels for next week, and that's still pending confirmation. Um, and um, I haven't spoken with the researchers yet about this. And <clears throat> so uh, Niels has asked me uh, a while back about, about uh, arranging an AMA with uh, the company in which they invested in, which is Gepic. And um, our researchers haven't been too fond of the project, uh, which would have led me to not arrange the AMA. And we also had, uh, you know, conversations around GetPack in uh, the Orky channel. And there's a, a lot of questions uh, which need to be cleared up and which need to be answered. Um, but we can also see the, you know, the videos which Niels is always updating us with that there's some, and, and I don't mean to imply anything here, but, you know, there, there's some substance to that project. And even if the, the business model itself is not successful in the long run or if the business model is not um, sustainable or whatever, I think it might still be useful for us to have that AMA um, for one to understand Neil's point of view and Neil's uh, strategic decision in making that investment and also to see some real world application of one of the projects in which we have invested in. And it's also going to be one of those instances where the, the researchers have not been very fond of the project itself, but the community's point of view might be very different. So I think it's still going to be interesting to have that uh, AMA and to, to see the team in which Neil found uh, value or where he, uh, saw potential and then see what kind of a conclusion the community comes to um, after re reviewing the AMA or the data which is available and see if there's a, a discrepancy between the conclusion of the team, the researchers and the conclusion of the community. Generally speaking, um, you know, of course the AMA is also being arranged because of a close relationship with Niels. Um, but generally speaking, I think the hurdle um, for AMAs in our server should be two things. Um, one, 
approval by the researchers by getting through the research process and the other being the overall interest of the community. I, the, the way it has been in the past couple of weeks is that, um, well, is that Tony pretty much had the last say or the final word, word in, um, you know, decisions around investments or looking into investments and now that the researchers are more free in their decision making, they would be in a position as a team of, I believe, five people uh, to pretty much gatekeep um, that deal flow or that focus on specific deals. But I'm, you know, now based on the feedback from the community and based on what we discussed today with the researchers as well, I think it makes more sense. Um, to not have one person nor one committee in place to make all those decisions. I think it's more valuable um, to involve the community and to get different points of views. And then also to make, you know, to make mistakes through one way or the other. Let's say the researchers are sold on a project and we bring them to an AMA and then it turns out that the project is terrible then that's a big learning curve for the, for the research team, right? And the same for the community. If you guys think one of the projects is the best which we had seen yet, and then we arrange an email with, with them, and then they cannot answer the, the questions of the research team, then that's also a learning curve for the community. And I think the combination of having super qualified researchers and super knowledgeable people on the team who can spot talent uh, fairly quickly, but then also having the wisdom of crowds where, you know, at the end of the day, a thousand people usually are smarter than five, where the community then can also make decisions on their own behalf and arrange things for themselves, which they deem valuable. I think that's going to bring us the best of both worlds and it's going to make us a lot more agile going forward. Okay, guys, I'm waiting for you uh, to finish typing before I wrap it up. But otherwise, I would say we call it a day. I'm highly appreciative of the input which you have received today. Very, very uh, thankful for the support uh, which we get uh, as a project itself. Uh, even more so for the thoughtfulness and also for the forgiveness uh, of some of the community members for you know, sometimes my harsh tone, some of the mistakes which I made. Uh, you know, if you, have to, if you have to keep the business running and if you have hundreds of different um, things you have to work on daily, um, you know, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a bad excuse, but it's not easy uh, to always be in the right mood for uh, different kinds of interactions. So I'm very appreciative uh, that the community has always been very understanding and very kind in, um, yeah, in our interactions.
Romy says, I would suggest that weighted I would suggest weighted votes. Research team should have more say than the committee since they are the ones who did a deep dive in a certain project. Uh, I disagree. I think at the end of the day, uh, we have already, uh, you know, we already led by example of how to do due diligence in general. And I think by now everyone is in a position to be able to judge pretty accurately whether a project is good or bad, especially after listening to the team in an AMA. And, you know, God knows if you see like a huge red flag and somehow the community doesn't see it, or sometimes it's proprietary info, which you cannot share, then that would probably be the only instance where I would give something more weight. Um, but I like just generally speaking, I don't think that there should be uh, superiority of anyone over the community or of individual members or whatever. I don't think that's the, um, I don't think that would be healthy. Yeah. And Masih, you're, you're right. I have to thank Tony as well. It was an awesome experience having him on the team. And again, there's nothing bad which I can say about him. You know, we all have our shortcomings and we all, most of us, <laughs> except Andy, uh, we are all still young. You know, we do not have the luxury of having and having started and exited multiple businesses. Uh, we are all prone to make mistakes. And um, I think for Tony personally, it was the, the right decision uh, to take on the position. I also think it was the right decision for the research team as a whole, for VVB, I think. Um, you know, we should never hold any crutches uh, against anyone who has worked with us. And I also don't think that we ever have to uh, be fearful of being in a, being put in a position of uh, scarcity mindset or, you know, becoming afraid of losing members going forward. Um, the, the team is way too strong for... <laughs> and he is commenting on my uh, joke. Uh, the team is way too strong to be influenced by one person leaving. And um, yeah, I, I think, you know, you know, everything at the end of the day speaks for the team and speaks for the community. Um, we do not have to be afraid of anyone leaving. We have a lot of people begging, backing us and we have a strong community um, keeping us accountable, providing us with value and who's eager to be more involved. And overall, I'm, I'm incredibly happy. I'm very happy with the daily pro progress which we make. Um, I can't wait for the dashboard to be live. I can't wait for the staking to be finally available and for us to get, um, yeah, started with the, maybe that's something which I want to cover before we, uh, before we close it for today. Um, the Snickerdoodle claim is going to happen probably sometime next week. Like staking is going to be live and then the allocation claim uh, is going to be done uh, a few days later. Um, on Monday, I think uh, Helena is going to take the screenshot of the votes of the individual allocation sizes on the Snickerdoodle deal. 
and then we're going to submit uh, you know the respective number uh, out of the community votes and the whales pledges and the shark pledges to Snickerdoodle. I'm also going to uh, maybe ask them about the equity position in Snickerdoodle, but I might have to be careful to not push it too far because they already make room fast. Um, but then Snickerdoodle is going to happen next week and then um, yeah, I will have to check how we do with peak. We might then do peak the week after um, because peak we can just prepay and then arrange uh, in a more comfortable time so that it doesn't overlap uh, with Snickerdoodle. But that's pretty much it. Uh, Snickerdoodle next week, staking next week, peak the week after, phase one, excuse me, phase two mint on September 1st. I'm not going to uh, push the new members to another delay. And then we have the phase three mint on October 1st. And throughout October, we're going to run our marketing and we're going to do everything in our power to make sure that the community stays such an enjoyable place as it is right now in the future as well. And that we pick the right people and that we make sure that we continuously reward the right people. All right, guys, thank you once again for listening and thank you very much for all the feedback which you have provided today. This uh, was an incredibly valuable interaction today. Uh, it's super, super um, helpful for me to be able to interact with you guys and to get your feedback. I understand that um, you know without frequent and clear and transparent communication, it's almost impossible to make the right decisions. So going forward, I'm going to come back to you guys much more often. We're going to involve you a lot more in the research process. And we're going to make sure that the dynamics of BBB remain very healthy and agile and proactive. All right. Talk to you next week, guys. Thank you. Bye-bye. This recording has been prepared and made available by VVV. It is for informational purposes only and should not be considered a solicitation to sell, buy or subscribe to any financial instruments or products. VVV does not express any opinion as to the present or future price of any instrument mentioned in this recording. The information provided in this recording is believed to be valid and accurate on the date it is first published, but VVV, along with its directors, officers and employees, does not accept any liability for any loss arising from the use of this information as it may change in the future without notice. Any decision made by a party after listening to this recording shall be on the basis of its own research and not based on the information and opinions provided by VVV.